0: It's almost gonna fall for Martinez. Antonella trying to get there. Martinez finishes to give away the
1: match. It's an absolute peach from the Paraguayan Miguel Alvaro. Atlanta United, in just their second year of existence, have won MLS Cup. Ojo con la way!
0: I never know. I never know. Gosh, you're from in the game. Your soccer is over. There, Joe. Have Have you had a non-contact injury in the last 24 hours? It seems like it's contagious around here. Have you been no, being careful?
1: Like, every step I take, I'm like, man, this could be my this could be my last one for for a long time. That's how I was feeling after the obviously the Miles mm-hmm. Robinson injury. And I asked Franco Ibarra this after the game. We were in the locker room, like. Does it like do you start to worry that it's going to happen to you? Like when you see all these people dropping like flies? I mean, it's scary. It's like we're getting to the point now where it's like something's got to be up. Like this is just bizarre. Mm-hmm. I even like mentioned something to my mom about it when I was talking to her today. Obviously, we're recording on Mother's Day here and she's like, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's weird, man. It's I don't know what's going on. It's and it's not good for anybody. Terrible. Actually, actually. <laughs>
0: Miss Patrick, you're you're correct. It doesn't seem right at all. It doesn't seem right at all. It seems. Gosh, man, I can't. I heard this from a few people yesterday, but I can't remember this kind of string of non-contact stuff happening to to any team ever yeah. <laughs> in the history of sports. Uh, yeah. To have it happen so quickly in succession, uh, all in the very kind of same manner it is fascinating. And. Like you said, it freaks you out, man. Like, I was walking, you might remember this yesterday, I was walking like through the concourse to get the locker room, and I like had to juke past someone exiting the stadium. I was like, damn, what if my ACL tore right there? You know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm kind of doing a bit, but also like my anxieties were were perked up at that point, you (laughs) know? So, yeah, it's it's, it's it's stressful.
1: Gonzo said he's never seen anything like it either in all his years mm-hmm. playing and coaching. Obviously, you see it happen from time to time, but never a string like this. And I gotta say, just for us Atlanta fans, I don't know if any—I'm sure a good portion of our audience is also Braves fan. When you factor in the Mike Soroka incident as well with his Achilles, it's like I've never seen anything like this before. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a curse.
0: It just doesn't feel like that common of an injury, and I think miles's reaction yesterday was very telling mm. for a number of reasons brutal yeah because he's such a mild mannered person we never see him too emotional either way right and for yeah. him to have that outpouring of anger was you know it was for the personal reasons right like he he assuredly knew at that point that his world cup wasn't a question right uh but also just the fact that, like, they'd probably been thinking about it because it kept happening over and over again. Mm-hmm. I'm sure someone was like, what if I'm next? You know, and when it point. did happen. No. Exactly. And then when it did happen, he knew exactly what it was because they'd been talking about it so much. And just the string of bad luck for the, the entire team continues. And it's bizarre. We're going to talk about it more throughout the rest <laughs> of the show. Somewhere mixed into all of this. At any night at one, four to one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> that happened what too. a
0: strange day to to kind of take everything into account atlanta is probably their best game of the season i would have to say other than this one genuinely terrible moment which mm-hmm. uh, i think had everyone shaken up uh, but atlanta responds gets the job done analysis nearest hat trick in the first half we're going to talk about all of that and more in this episode but first credit to kurt castle for the intro music the song is chances check out Kurt Castle anywhere you listen to music also check out the patreon patreon.com slash five stripe final we'll have some pa- training ground stuff up we'll have some video review where we grind some tape and look at some stuff from this game I'm sure a lot of it will be or Cisneros focused uh, because yeah. it's been genuinely good I think yeah. for a lot of the time here Yep. and and we'll talk about that more we got a whole bunch of stuff coming your way again patreon.com slash five stripe final at the very least you can join the world famous five stripe final discord for my money the the single best atlanta united community around mm,
1: mm, for my money by far De- by far definitively which and like the great thing about it especially for me is i learn things you know like we have people <laughs> interacting and like you know throwing in um Stats and and just all kinds of information that they're finding for so it's almost like a hive minding you know this this Mm. this podcast first of all but just uh yeah the Atlanta United fandom in there is great
0: also doing good things we helped out a little bit with EDSBS's uh, charity bowl recently I think it's like called the Charity Bundy Bowl now or something like that the name changed on me for some reason anyway it raises money for New American Pathways which is a refugee resettlement organization right here in atlanta it's normally reserved for college football teams we jumped in as mls's college football team atlanta united <laughs> and uh I, I think pretty much the the discord alone raised about uh one thousand two hundred fifty dollars <sighs> from my understanding that's insane. for refugees and new american pathways that's remarkable i'm extremely proud of everyone involved uh we'll have a big List of people involved with that. I forgot to collect that before the show, Uh, (laughs) but thank you to everyone who helped out with that. That was that blew me away. That really did. Yeah,
1: that is incredible. And uh, there may be there may be a gift. There may be a gift attached to. uh, I'm going to figure out something. I'm going to talk to you after this, Sam, and we're gonna we're gonna do a little surprise for for one of our Discord uh, charity contributors. I like that. I like that a
0: lot. Good to know. Good to know. Also good to know right now, Joe Patrick. This is
1: business
0: time i said it was good to know when it actually sucks so (laughs) that's great that's great business time joe patrick um we talked about it already miles robinson not confirmed yet he was going for an mri after the game according to gonzalo pineda very likely, uh, in tear. And, and as we know, that probably keeps him out for the season and, damn and probably keeps him out of the world cup.
1: I, got, I gotta say just really quick, we're going to talk a lot about this in the second half of the show. Cause everybody's asking questions about him and the goal and the defending situation, all that stuff. But just, he was literally shaking on the field, like just out of not terror, but just, you know. Maybe how like fearful he was about his you know career going forward after that. And I really do think that the injury really changes the trajectory of a lot of things for him and for Atlanta mm-hmm. United. Just because you were probably Atlanta United, if you were to ask Carlos Bocanegra, Darren Eels in a quiet moment when they were off the record, they probably would say that, you know, we would like to you know, potentially sell him after after he features in the World Cup against Harry Kane, you know, and all that stuff. And now a lot of those plans are are kind of out the window, at least at least as we know right now. So
0: Yeah, we'll talk more about what it means for Atlanta United this season from a personnel perspective mostly. But I think we can go ahead and say that yeah, he was probably on his way to Europe. Yeah. Right. And now it feels like in a very similar manner to what happened to Aaron Long. Right. The, exactly. It just yep. doesn't seem like it's it's necessarily going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Which in is not a way, necessarily a,
1: t- a terrible thing for Atlanta United. For long Atlanta term. United. Like if you get if you mm-hmm. get Miles Robinson back on like if you give him a contract extension and he all of a sudden maybe becomes more of a club lifer potentially. Um, But it certainly does seem like you would think his his time here is going to be extended. Just probably not in a way that the team had been planning for up until this point and probably for Miles Robinson's plans as well
0: exactly exactly so hopefully miles gets paid pay that man his money yeah for what he's done and what he will continue to do when he's in an Atlanta United uniform um maybe there's some silver linings in that but right now it was just extremely disheartening and frankly upsetting you know and from that point on I mean literally anytime anyone hit the turf and went down I just assumed they were out for the season. I mean, I really did. I, I, <laughs> I was like literally typing a tweet at one point about how just ridiculous all the injuries were. And then someone else went down and was down for a moment. Yeah. And I think it was Franco Bar, but he yeah. eventually got back up Yeah, and was fine. He, he was, but, it
1: seemed like he was close to coming out of the game because they had Santiago Sosa, kitted up and ready to go just like standing there next to Panetta but then they yeah held him off but and then there was the Caleb Wiley one in the second half which actually did force his ouster from the game later on and he was kind of holding his Achilles area after he got tackled running to the end line. apparently mm-hmm. they're saying it's an ankle not a, not a Achilles but good lord yeah
0: he, at least that was contact you know yeah, he did that, have yeah, like a true. He, he got a knock and they kind of stumbled he a little definitely got weird kicked because he was charging area. in yeah mm-hmm. so Take how did Nashville now? Nah, okay, Nashville did score. There we go. Okay, <laughs> they uh, nice park up there. We're going up there next week for a U.S. Open Cup. Yeah. Not, looks Na, pretty pretty yeah, looks really united. Is yeah, looks awesome. Be I've been yeah.
1: watching uh, Drake Hills's uh, um, stuff on Twitter <laughs> of him like
0: mm-hmm.
1: pre uh, walking around the stadium and stuff. It looks awesome. Yeah, well,
0: it does look awesome. It looks like I think I'm not sure if they're on turf or grass, but I think we've got to address the. There are a lot of questions about the turf after Miles's injury and after Brad's injury, right? Yeah. Um, Look, my understanding is, and this is just from stuff I've read, uh, from people aggregating uh, scholarly articles and stuff like that, and just from quick Google searches, is that there's no real difference in injuries between grass and turf, Mm -hmm. at the highest level especially. Right. Mm-hmm. There there are some questions about what bad turf does to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Like at the high school level and everything like that. But even that turf has progressed to a point where I don't think there's too much of a difference between that and grass as far as an injury level. Right. But mm-hmm. again, we've talked about it before. People need explanations for things. And sometimes just saying it's bad luck isn't enough, especially when it's clustered like this.
1: I, would, you know? I think I would be a little bit more concerned about the turf being a factor if these were like knee injuries and like guys like potentially getting their, you know, studs caught in the turf and it, you know, I don't know, exerting force in a specific way. The Achilles one is just so weird because, first of all, it is just a very strange injury. They will crop up on anybody. My bro- my older brother tore his Achilles playing game of basketball. At the mm-hmm. YMCA and it was like a totally innocuous thing David Beckham tore his Achilles when he was playing for AC Milan and I think he was like stepping back to take a free kick and just like on one of his like he was literally just kind of standing there and took a little step and just collapsed it's just a really freak mm-hmm. injury it seems like and Dylan Castanero, one of the guys who tours ACL on Atlanta United did that on a grass field in training i think one of the reasons people are concerned is because and i don't know how widespread this kind of fact is but atlanta united did replace its turf and they're playing on a, a fresh patch um this year the falcons have not yet played on it so Again, I, I don't think that has anything to do with it, but I mean, because it's a routine thing. They've played on fresh turf before. They replace it every two years at Mercedes-Benz Stadium because uh, Monster Jam really takes a toll on it. So, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where I don't I don't think it has anything to do with the turf. Personally, I know a lot of people are looking to that. It yeah. seems like a. it's everybody wants just a, a reason for why this yeah. <laughs> happens. And um mm. The amount of occurrences that, that have had that, you know, where people have torn their Achilles on this field makes it seem like there should be a reason. But I don't know if there is one, to be perfectly honest.
0: It feels very like 1920s detective, right? Like, oh, this is the one thing that's different. This must be the cause, you know, and, and that's just not necessarily the case. Uh, and it is the only thing that's different, to be fair. right? Yeah, uh, true. Gonzalo talked about this in, in the post game. That he's talked to the sports science staff extensively at this point, right? And they're obviously scrambling. I, I can't imagine what it's like to be them. Oh my god, they must be right so now. stressed.
1: I know I would hate it, to be them. Because
0: what can you do? I mean, if right. you're doing best practices the entire time, if you haven't changed anything up and you know, you're following the best guidelines for for maintenance. What can you do? <laughs> and the you same thing. Anything. I mean,
1: Pineda said it's they they are doing the same kinds of, you know, mm-hmm. warm ups and muscle activations and stuff that they've done since the club started. You know, like, like they haven't mm-hmm. changed anything for years in term in in that respect. So again, that would lead you to think that it's not something that they're doing there either because they haven't changed anything uh, from when the team has been healthy before. So. Yeah, I, I wish I had an answer for everybody, but I don't.
0: We don't have one uh, for that, but we, we do have an answer as to Jake Morini's next team, which is weird and unexpected. We, we talked last show about how we didn't expect anything to happen before the primary transfer window closed. And then Jake Morini got shipped off to Orlando for about up to 275K and Gam. Me and Joe did a longer show on this, a reaction show. On the Patreon. In the long term. Probably not the biggest deal. Let's be honest. Jake's output was never (laughs) that incredible. He came on. And and had pace and everything like that. But never. Really changed the game. Except for a couple of rare occasions. Uh, So for Atlanta to to have this opportunity. They must have had. uh, A good opportunity in front of them. To go ahead and do that. And I, I guess it just made sense for them to go ahead and do that now instead of in the secondary transfer window it does hurt your depth a little bit but you can correct that theoretically in the summer window so anything else to add on that Joe
1: yeah I mean I, I think that the way the club probably saw it was okay we need a winger even though we don't really technically use a winger but we, you kind of want one in substitute situations if you want to change the shape or whatever I think the club just saw it as Caleb Mulraney has pretty much supplanted Jake Mulraney. Caleb Wiley is has, has supplanted Jake Mulraney in that spot. So, um, that makes Jake Mulraney a little bit more expendable. if a team wants to come in and give you some money for him where I believe that Lenny United picked him up on a free deal coming from hearts. I think he
0: came from Hearts is right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, get some money for him before you have to, you know, his, his contract runs out. I think the yeah. Atlanta would have re-upped him on a little extension on the options or whatever this offseason. So he's, he's been with the club, what, uh, since 2019, 2020, 2021. So he's in his fourth year. He's probably coming to the end of that. So I think it's more of just an opportunistic deal for Atlanta, I'd be perfectly honest.
0: Yeah. Orlando had a couple of injuries at the wing position and probably just topped in with an offer is my guess of the timeline for that. I don't know that for sure. But that's my guess. Jake was on the bench yesterday for Orlando yeah. City. Joe Patrick, any guesses as to how many shots and XG they had in that game?
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I was looking at Jake's stats specifically, but I don't know about the team. Yeah. He didn't really do much. He, <laughs> played for, he, played, he played for half an hour and made eight passes, 14 touches, and not a whole lot. So, I mean... But he's new to the team. That's typical for a player just coming in uh, who hasn't really trained with his teammates a bunch. Um, How did that game turn out? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) 3.33 XG for Montreal versus Uh 0.24 for Orlando. Uh Good Lord, that is it. (laughs) Orlando had two shots. (laughs) Yes. And they scored one. Two so whole
0: shots. So uh, they clearly need some help in attack. Uh, this is like the this is the second time in three games Orlando has put up oh less gosh. than 0. 0.4 xg. Um,
1: Montreal's so, shot chart is ridiculous in this game. It's just they're just <laughs> all over inside the box. Four big chances. Good lord! Uh, it was a route. Uh, so uh,
0: if Jake's going to be the saving grace, I would be awful surprised. Uh, so uh, I'm surprised that Orlando made that move to to help Atlanta out and. If Atlanta, it, you know, I, I think it makes sense, right?
1: You know, th- this game was going on before the Atlanta game while we were eating before the before kickoff. And you mentioned that, you know, maybe, maybe Atlanta's lost to Montreal considering the way it happened, you know, it was a tightly contested game. Um, maybe not not that bad a loss in retrospect. I think Montreal is pretty good.
0: Yeah, no, they, they are unbeaten in seven. Uh, since they left CCL, they are fourth in expected goals four and fifth in expected goals. Wow. allowed right so they have been extremely good ever since they left CCL they're they're in the top tier in the east pretty clearly and I think we said that last week right that Montreal is a very mm-hmm. good team mm-hmm. you would just expect more from Atlanta United uh, fortunately yeah. we got plenty in this one from the five stripes we'll talk about that now on sports prime game time Pull that off the top of my <laughs> head. Sports Prime McCain time. time, Joe Patrick. And the story of the day on the field is Ronaldo Cisneros. Uh, Hat trick. Just before halftime, I checked with Johannes of the Atlanta United Communications staff. And he was a minute slower than Joseph's fastest, fastest hat trick. So I'll almost had the record for an Atlanta United hat trick as far as speed goes. That's, <laughs> a, that's a heck of a performance, though, and, and a much, much needed one for Atlanta United.
1: Yeah, and just everything you wanted to see from, from Ronaldo in terms of the speed. Both in possession and out of possession, I continue to be impressed with the way he presses <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and helps the team in that respect. I talked about this a little bit on the the Dirty South soccer spaces last night. <clears throat> I just think that his game is so much different from Joseph's, at least the current iteration of Joseph, that it's going to be very interesting to see how the team adapts to Joseph <laughs> now that they're kind of adapting to uh-huh. the, way that, the way that Ronaldo plays up top right now. But uh, I was actually really impressed with the first goal, the way he kept himself on side. Um, it's a, just a little small thing, but It's so important and so on. So often strikers will allow themselves to kind of drift off a little bit in that situation that he was in. And he did a great job to just check his run, keep himself on side. And um, I'm surprised, actually, that his uh, his his total um, expected goals wasn't higher because, you know, he did really well in the third goal as well. Just round the keeper and and slot that one home. So the finishing was there. The movement was there. Everything was there, man. It all all seemed like it finally clicked uh, in this game. We
0: have been checking in on Ronaldo pretty consistently and the on-review stuff I've been doing for the Patreon. And just looking at the touches he's been getting and where he's been getting them and how he's been getting them in particular. And and what you'll notice immediately is that the diagonal runs in behind are very well timed and very well angled. Right? And, and he's doing it with pace. And mm-hmm. when Atlanta United is able to pick that out, there are a couple of things... That can happen, right? Like he can either get in behind essentially and be in on goal. Or if he does go wide at that point, he ends up receiving the ball in a primary assist zone. it can turn, play a square ball, play a cutback and, and create for someone else to have that movement up top is, is something Atlanta has been missing since Joseph tore his ACL. And you kind of hinted at the big question here, which is going to continue to grow as Cisneros continues to find chances is what is Atlanta United going to do when Joseph Martinez is back in this lineup and, or at least healthy enough to be back in this lineup. And I, I think it's going to be a legitimate question, just considering the movement uh, Cisneros provides and just how good he's been before we kind of get into maybe some thoughts on that Joe Patrick. I've got some stats because they're going to be in the power rankings on Tuesday okay. as well. So nice. I wanted to read this off right quick. Um, all right, for Cisneros, among players who have played 400 minutes or more, that's a, that sounds arbitrary because it is. Cisneros has played 407 minutes, right? So among players who have played as many men, says Cisneros, he is second in goals added per 96 and leading the league in the receiving element of goals added, which is basically just an assessment of how often you're getting on the end of passes and how threatening the positions you receive those passes are, right? It checks out considering he's leading the league in expected goals per game. He's just ahead of Jesus Ferreira, Brandon Vasquez, and Chicharito. He's fourth in the league in average XG per shot. He's getting into really good positions, and the numbers all back that up. Now, the caveat wow, here. that's in, exciting. In the, that's <laughs> exciting, right? And <laughs> the bit mm. we continue to kind of do, right, is we worry a little bit about his actual ability to finish once he is in those positions. The thing is, there are very few people who are actually good, quotation marks, <laughs> right. at finishing. right. right? There, there are a few generational guys who are, uh, and that's even true for MLS where guys will consistently finish above their numbers. It was a problem Tati Castellanos had for kind of a couple of years where he was like yeah. really underperforming his XG. That leveled out, obviously, <laughs> right? <laughs> and to some extent, I think Tati is a good... Kind of marker for Ronaldo with the the pace and the movement and the the constant running um so there are still some concerns, but that's a that's a hell of a way to start right especially for a yeah. guy who hasn't scored that much in his career
1: absolutely and I think also it's a testament to the way that Gonzalo Pineda's attack is just performing in general the chances they're creating, especially when you look at some of those numbers like the the expected goals per shot number I think that that's evident of you know the He's getting fed balls into into good areas you know, so it it requires skill and technique and execution on both ends. And uh, it's just really good to see, you know, that link happening between the players who are supposed to feed him and obviously him getting into those positions. I thought what he had to say after the game was was really interesting. He talked about. Uh, His plans on when his loan contract ends. Now, um, he has an option or Atlanta United has an option to extend, which they will do on July 7th. That is the first day of the secondary transfer window. But his quote was, obviously, I want to stay since the first moment I was asked if I wanted to come. I said, yes, my intention is to stay for a long time. I know that it doesn't depend on me, but what does depend on me, I am going to do what's possible to stay longer. And I think that if he continues to perform like this, Atlanta United will, of course, be interested in trying to extend him Um, again. There's a lot of variables that come into play with his parent club and everything and all those negotiations that would take place. But, um, you know, it's it it certainly feels like Atlanta United is settling in on a striker who's going to be able not to just to to. Um, produce the goals that they want, but also just to be able to perform and execute in the way that they want with his speed. And like you mentioned, Sam, just the, that ability to to get on the ball in those dangerous areas. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um,
0: it's kind of interesting to think too, that uh, there may be some caveats with what Chicago was doing. As well, yesterday, that maybe made life a little bit easier for Atlanta and Cisneros in general. Uh, We do kind of have to point it out because we are five-strap final, and that's that's what we do. (laughs) Uh, Look, Chicago is missing two key pieces of their spine, Gaston Jimenez. Uh, Their midfielder uh, was missing for this one, as well as Rafael Zichos, I think is how you say it. I've never said his name out <laughs> loud before.
1: He's, he's trying he's to, new to the Chicago name. fired players' names. <laughs> it's brutal.
0: It's brutal. He he's new this year, uh, but he uh has been really, really solid. He's been a big reason why that defense has been so good this year. And I, I still think they are pretty good, but this was by far their worst game of the year. And yeah. the space of the back line was leaving was were was pretty miserable they were doing a terrible job of holding their line that being said atlanta exploited it in a way they haven't all year
1: yeah i think it was the third goal for atlanta united in the game where they just sliced chicago straight open mm-hmm. down the middle literally from bobby shuttleworth to franco barra who by the way played an excellent ball to tiago amada who then got the assist to ronaldo cisneros on that play but very impressed with with Franco Abara, both in the way that he tackled. Actually, it was on the second goal. Franco Ibarra was also key to that play in winning a huge tackle and allowing the team to you know counterattack high up the field uh, and score a goal. Um, very, very impressive what Franco Abara is doing. And I think that he's maybe forcing Pineda's hand in terms of how he's going to stri- distribute the minutes in central midfield between Ibarra and Sosa. Of course, with Miles Robinson's absence, we can expect from here mm. on out. Maybe then you you can use Sosa in that role potentially. I mean, we're going to talk a lot about this later, but uh, was very impressed with Franco Abara as well in the game.
0: Yeah, no, there there really isn't anything to complain about besides the one thing. Yeah, on the field, out of great. their control.
1: I'll say the 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 one you know complaint you could have was uh, they gave up another what Opta registered as a corner a goal off a corner kick. Um, It was really off the recycling of the kick, but that is, again, the same way that Montreal scored against Atlanta and their Montreal's last goal in the game they played last week, which was a set piece that gets gets cleared initially, then recycled put back in and score. I thought I thought on rewatch miles maybe could have. Tried to make a tackle. It would have been a risky one because he would have been lunging back towards his own goal. And maybe he's coached not to do that. Um, but he would have been really the only one to be able to make a play on that ball. But uh, that would be the one the one way you could critique the team. But other than that, I mean, especially in the attack, it was just great to watch. And it must have been such a relief for those guys, you know, to finally see the ball go back in the back of the net after having. I feel like you've played well the last few weeks, but not not. Mm-hmm. seen the rewards for it so happy for the team and for gonzalo
0: yeah no and it's it's got to be a confidence builder it's got to be one of those things that that maybe kickstarts the rest of the year for you hopefully i still have my concerns about them doing it against a a really good team mm-hmm. right but that's just me that's who i am maybe the biggest concern right now joe patrick especially with miles's injury is in defense uh, coming into today, uh, the Sunday, mm-hmm. they are 15th now and expect the goals allowed per game. And now their best defender is out. They maybe haven't been all that spectacular defensively. A lot of that's been crosses have been defended pretty terribly, set pieces mm-hmm. have been defended pretty terribly. Uh, coming into the weekend, they were tied for the s- second worst uh, goals allowed on crosses, sixth worst, worst and expected goals allowed on crosses and 7th worst in expected goals allowed on set pieces, right? And I think that maybe went down with a goal allowed this weekend off that very same situation. It's been rough, and it might get rougher before it gets better, all considered. So, you know, as good as that win was, the XG was 1.9 to 1.3. Yeah, So there might be some stuff to worry about defensively.
1: Yeah, Chicago definitely had chances to score for sure. Um, I will say... The one thing about this Miles Robinson situation is that he both he and Alan Franco are similar in that their strength is just, you know, one on one defending, you know, obviously Alan Alan Franco has some strengths on the ball as well. But just as defenders, they are best when they're just kind of manning somebody up playing one on one. Neither are very good Defending the the ball in the air and which is really strange mm-hmm. with miles because miles is a big guy, big athletic guy who can obviously jump really high and reach balls. But uh, there, I think there maybe it's like something about he, the way he reads it or whatever. I don't think the defense is going to be better when you lose a player of miles Robinson's quality. But I mean, maybe if you have a different profile of center back back there, somebody who's going to be a little bit better, uh, you know, judging balls in the air and being able to just do a lot of dirty work, clearing balls out. Maybe that pair is a little bit better next to a guy like Alan Franco. I don't know. I'm just kind of surmising some things. Um,
0: I don't know who that is at this point, though. You yeah,
1: know? I don't know either. I, was, I do want to give a shout out to Alex DeJohn. When he came into the game, he played really well. I mean, the team didn't give up a goal after he came in. And um, I think there were some opportunities where we probably would have seen the ball progressed quicker when he had the ball like he I think he was a little hesitant to to move the ball up and obviously that's going to be a weak point for him but um, just overall in that situation where he came that he came into very tough to be able to just kind of switch on and be ready to come into the game like that that early so uh, just a just a tip of the hat to him for for his performance but I think there's definitely going to be competition between he and George Campbell obviously who Uh, is coming back from uh, an abductor injury week to week. Mike Conti said that he saw him doing some sort of fitness test uh, before the game. I did not see him train when I was there, but I was not there for the Thursday session, so I'm not sure if he was doing any fitness work that day. But it does seem like he will be coming back relatively soon. So there will be some competition, and I'll be interested to see how Gonzalo Pineda handles it. Obviously, Santiago Sosa figures into it as well, I think.
0: We had a lot of questions about that. And this next segment, we'll get to all of them in just a moment after this quick break.
1: Before we get to your guys' excellent questions about all the issues that Atlanta United is going to have without Miles Robinson, we did want to thank the presenting partner of this show, is which is Lucid FC. You can find them online at lucidfc.us. And by the way, when you go there, if you do want to shop on lucidfc.us, use DSS for Dirty South Soccer as your season-long promo code for free shipping within the United States all season long and probably after the season. They're probably not going to ever change the promo code for that, so you can always get free shipping (laughs) inside the United States uh, using DSS at checkout. Uh, Join join Lucid FC every weekend for events at the Interlock on 14th Street at Howell Mill. Uh, It's a really cool new development over there. I was actually with my family over there and over the holidays. Uh, Really cool spot Uh, from noon to noon to five every weekend. uh, There's a very special community market on May 28th with exclusive activations and businesses from all over Atlanta um, bringing commerce together. So learn something about our city. Try something new. There's going to be all kinds of people there. Vendors from fashion, paint, uh, you know, uh, art, artwork, food and natural body products. It's all in this open market out there. So um, that's on again on May 28th at Howell Mill, or on um, uh, 14th Street in Howell Mill. Uh, and Good Vibes, I hear, will also be on store for that event. So check that out on May 28th. Uh, it's 1115 Howell Mill Road. Again, that's from noon to 5 p.m. Thanks again to Lucid FC for sponsoring the podcast.
0: Do we know if those natural body products can cure an, AC or an ACL tear or an Achilles tear? I have <laughs> they,
1: questions they might, they might about the natural the body products. Yeah.
0: We'll see. <laughs> I guess we can find out. Look, we we have a lot of questions about this very same injuries. We don't know how to fix them, but we do got to deal with them. Ty Quinn asked, before the season started, if you were asked who the top three players at Lane United couldn't afford to lose for a significant amount of time, would they have been Joseph, Miles, and Ozzy? Would they have been numbers one, two, and three? And I think that's pretty <laughs> close, quite honestly. Yeah, might be. I, I couldn't might think be. of... Uh, a worse trio maybe, maybe to Luis Arugujo. Maybe throw it in there. I, I did not think maybe Luis, but uh, you know what? We didn't Luis lose also him for a while too. Been out. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, going great, everybody. The one going thing, great. yeah. The
1: one, the one thing about those attacking midfielders is that you have got so many of them, you can kind of get by if you're missing one of them for a period of time. Obviously, Atlanta United got by without Luis Araujo, so I think that that is why you know some, these guys all fit very specific roles within the team for different reasons. Obviously, Joseph is the striker. Yeah. Miles as your like you know rock center back and Ozzy the the um, tactician, the on-field tactician who can kind of be the on-field coach. So yeah, I mean those are three huge losses. It's brutal.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Louise, by the way, we should mention that the, the right side did look better.
1: He looked so much better one. specifically they looked, too. They looked more yeah. comfortable.
0: They, they were attacking space better. They were getting into good positions more often. It looked more comfortable. I, I still don't think it's perfect necessarily and I think uh, we can expect more from Louise as he continues to kind of grow back into the season. Yeah. But much much better
1: exactly much better. the kind of progression you would have wanted to see from last mm-hmm. week
0: absolutely absolutely when he can kind of cut inside and play through balls with his left foot too yeah you know, that's that's damaging that's
1: dangerous I wanted to shout out one other player as well, Emerson Hyman, who really had a hand in the fourth goal, which I think mm. a lot of people has like, kind of floated out of a lot of people's minds. By the way, Don't I was, remember it. I know. So I was talking to Brooks <laughs> after the game. Like it was just literally just me, me talking to Brooks. Um, <laughs> and I think he was kind of pissed. I like forgot to ask him about his goal because <laughs> I was like only I was only asking about like miles and all that, all the injury stuff. Oh, and then I, was like, yeah. and then I was like, th- and then I was like, all right, thanks, Brooks. Appreciate it, man. And he was like, I think he was surprised that it was over that, that our conversation was over before we talked about his goal it was it was a well-taken goal though from brooks but emerson hyman had a huge uh, hand in that um just really nice receiving of the ball turning running into the box that was again something we're seeing rosetto on the second goal mm-hmm. passing and running forward into the box you'll love to see it
0: he both passed the ball forward and yeah. ran
1: forward yeah
0: incredible it's an all a modern new marvel
1: Ma- new year new Mateus. <laughs>
0: He's been really good. We'll talk about more. Uh, we'll talk about that more later. I, I, I have a question. Okay. I have a question about it. Uh, Let's go. Duck has a question about this. Let's go. Ducks 96 ask. So to understand if you have a team constantly getting injuries and your squad depth is almost nothing, can you at least sign twos in emergency situations for the remainder of the year? My understanding is there is a limit to how often you can do loans from the twos to the first team i don't know for a fact though if that changes with injuries joe patrick do you know
1: well, I believe, I mean, the only uh, way I know that they can get guys up from the twos is to sign these short-term agreements. And the mm-hmm. short-term agreements, each player is limited to only signing four during the season. And there are other requirements, but I'm sure Atlanta United would now fit with all the players that they're missing. They would kind of fit the parameters for being able to sign these players on short-term agreements. Um, so Noah Cobb is obviously one of the center backs that they've already used in that situation. Obviously, to cover for George Campbell's loss, I do think we will see him be max out first they will probably call and use short term agreements consecutively on him as often as they can Uh, and then they will probably go to Bryce Washington who is a homegrown player for this team who was on loan at Atlanta United too he's kind of more of a hybrid of like a center back slash right back although he has been playing more traditional center back recently I think he would be the next one you go to and then I haven't counted the amount of games but I think by then you're probably into the secondary window by July 7th in which case at that point they could recall Bryce Washington from his loan to Atlanta United 2 and re-register him on the roster he I mean he is he's you know on the roster for Atlanta United and he's just on loan so they can recall him from that loan and register him with the MLS club so I think that he will probably be the player that they look at unless they just decide to you know use some of this money that they get from Jake Mulroney and go just go try to you know sign a veteran or something like that um to to be the guy and 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 let Bryce Washington continue to develop with the twos. If it is Bryce Washington, you know, it would be unfortunate because I don't think he'll play much and uh it would just kind of stunt his his development a little bit. So uh but there's not really an easy way right now to to get somebody in uh unfortunately. So great. Yeah. God. Yeah, um, it, yep. it
0: changes so many things. It changes a lot about what their transfer strategy probably was for this next window that we had talked yeah. about. Uh, it makes everything just more difficult because it's one more thing you got to deal with, and it's frustrating to have it happen at this point. Uh, but yeah, I've, been, I've, I've again, been thinking about that a lot gotta,
1: about because I think you know I, we talked about it on the Jake Moraney emergency show that they were probably going into this next transfer window looking at a winger slash forward slash Matthew Hoppy. So. Yeah, is that still on the table? I don't know well
0: we had some questions about that Jacob I ask with Miles out does it really make sense to go out and buy a replacement or do we just roll with the guys we have maybe alone let's go Ducks Ask who can immediately come in from the twos to play the third center back until Campbell is healthy and Alan Frank yes says what are the chances we bring (laughs) up guys like Noah Cobb, Efren Morales from the twos give them a shot as depth we're kind of stuck with no ability to reinforce the squad for a couple months so it might be a necessity Joe Patrick, what is what is the way forward now with all of this? Yeah, right? so Decide, I kind of we talked yeah. about the loans, right? Right, but right. So who and and what?
1: I assume that the team will kind of assess what they have over this next couple months. I mean, right now they have. I mean, this couldn't have really happened at a worse time with the window having closed four days ago, three days prior to the injury happening. So literally you're going the longest possible amount of time with this, you know, with this player out uh, and not being able to replace him as you possibly could. So I think that the only thing they can do is just go through these couple months, evaluate the players they have. Maybe Alex DeJohn gets opportunities and shows that he's up to the task, you know, and he's capable Mm -hmm. of being a starter next to Alan Franco. In that case, maybe you don't need to invest so much and maybe you still bring in a player, but you don't like spend a ton of gam or Tam on one. You just sign one for free. Um, Maybe his name could be Jeff Lorenowitz or something. I don't know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, you sign sign somebody. And um, or... It looks awful. <laughs> you know, you, you, you <laughs> desperately need options. So essentially I think that they'll just go about these next couple months as um, you know, just assessing what they've got there. I will say, um, in regards to Alan Frank Yes's question, he referenced Efren Morales. Uh Morales did play with the team in some in preseason in some of the early preseason games. We saw him play against the Georgia Storm, but he has basically been moved. Solely to a defensive midfield role um, as a six. He just doesn't really have the foot speed to play as a center back. Uh, so he's not really in contention for this. I, I Yeah, it would be more Bryce Washington who's who they'll look at, I'm sure.
0: You kind of hit on something here. And it's just that it might be a blessing in the skies in some sense. If someone does come out of this and proves to be competent enough that Atlanta United doesn't have to to make a move. If this had happened during the window especially late in the window if this has happened like even last week maybe atlanta not panic buys but atlanta rushes to get someone in uh, as quickly as they can and, and maybe it doesn't work out as well and I'm, I'm being optimistic here right but yeah, yeah it could work out that they do find that replacement and they end up not having to spend the money which could be beneficial if we're trying to find like literally anything to be to be happy about with this no
1: I I leaned over to you during the game and I said, well, it looks like George Campbell might get like a freaking full season of play Mm -hmm. at 20 years old in MLS. I mean, that's going to be extraordinary for, for his personal development to get that much experience. And I remember coming into the season, we were wondering, um, you know, is it OK? You know, is he going to be stunted by kind of being behind Miles and Franco? And it's turned out that he's there. Like one of them has been missing pretty much every game this season. He's had to play. Mm. So, um, you know, he'll probably have struggles at, at times like he did against Miami. But he's also very good at times. So it's just something that you're going to have to deal with. And I think at the end of the day, ultimately for Atlanta United, you're going to have to rely on your attack. And these guys we talked about in the beginning of the podcast with Ronaldo and all these attacking players that you spent a lot of money on. I think if for the success of the team, a lot of the onus is going to be on those guys to be scoring the goals so that you're not having to hold teams to like, you know, clean sheets or one goal in games to to be able to win. Mm, absolutely right.
0: Absolutely. We forget how young he is.
1: Yeah, really yeah, he's 20. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know. 20 years old that's gonna be a heavy task for him I will likely accelerate his development pretty quickly but you know at least we kind of know what we're getting with him
1: he has to get the uh, Heineken 0.0 man of the matches man of the match awards exactly
0: exactly or get like the weird eyeball and
1: got oh is that what they gave him yesterday
0: it was like a soccer ball but it was painted as like an eyeball it was kind of metal i kind of liked it i was also scared by it
1: (laughs) can i I go on a little detour here real quick and just talk a little bit about the locker room so um, i'm I'm (laughs) asking but i'm just going to so it was it was really funny because um obviously yesterday was the first day they opened up locker room access to media and they probably told the players that it was going to happen, but I I don't know how many got the message or um, just kind of remembered what it was like to have media in the locker room. And uh by the time we got in there, most of them had cleared out, but it was, there was this really funny moment where we're all standing in there and Emerson Hyman like walks through the doorway and then like sees everybody and you literally see the whites of his eyes. His eyes go like really big for a second and he like <laughs> staggered backwards and like <laughs> and, like went a different way. Um, and same with apparently I didn't see it personally, but like Guzan like wheeled himself in on the scooter and then like immediately turned around <laughs> and left when he saw the the media in there. So kind of funny. Yeah, no, I I ducked pretty quickly. Honestly, once that all kind of started, I was like, I don't think
0: they were really prepared for us to be in here. That will grow over time. We'll get back to normal on that. But it'd been almost two plus years since we'd been in there. So, uh, you know. We'll, we'll get more stuff out of that. You, you already said you talked to Brooks and Ronaldo and everyone like that after the game. So it, it's got a lot of benefits
1: for yeah. sure. It was also so. a particularly weird one because G- the University of Georgia had like their journalism class there. So there was like a lot more <laughs> media um, that w- w- <laughs> in there than there normally would be. So, yeah, <laughs> amazing. Amazing. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's move
0: on to this one. And an interesting personnel question. Uh, it says, do we play Sosa as a center back instead of miles and move Abara right into Sosa's position or do, or do we go with Dijon? I loved how Sosa did as a center back last year. I'm really intrigued by Sosa as a center back. We know he did it some or at least could do it uh, mm-hmm. with River. And yeah, with his ball playing ability and his general ability position, I'm I'm interested in this as a short term solution for sure.
1: Yeah, um so he played in a back 3 really under Gabriel Heinze as the central center back. Um his responsibilities in that role were not like purely defensive. It was kind of a uh to borrow, like get really football manager nerdy like a, a like a libero or something like kind of like an attacker from the back who would spray <laughs> passes and, and such mm-hmm. um but he does have you know he's got like a center back's instincts and he's got a center back's body sneakily like he's a bigger guy than i think a lot of people picture him as i don't know um both he and franco barra actually are both like you know about my height i'm i'm six feet tall so um that's that's sizable. George Campbell, you know, for reference is six two. So it's not like you're losing like a ton of height or something bringing Sosa in. And Sosa has played at River. He has played, from what I recall, from Tioto football's scouting uh, notebook that he did a, a while ago, um, played a little bit in a back 4 as a center back in a back 4. The one interesting part of this and the little wrench that this injury for Miles throws into all this is that Miles has basically exclusively played on the left, that's the left-sided center back for Gonzalo Pineda and I don't think Alan Franco has done that. I don't think Santiago Sosa ever played on the left side of the back uh of, of the center backs at River or under Gabriel Heinze um George Campbell I don't think is played on that side either so they're going to have to find somebody and it might seem like a small thing but for some coaches it is a actually it's like a huge deal of like they consider them like different positions the the left center back and the right center back so that could be a mm. little wrench that gets thrown in where you don't really have anybody that's an easy fit except for maybe Dijon cuz he did that last game um but we'll see but I am very intrigued by by Santiago Sosa potentially playing center back, you could you could actually match it up by game. You know, if you're going up against like a bigger number nine, maybe you play Alex Dijon back there to like contest headers and things like that. But if you're going against more diminutive strikers, then you use more of a Santiago Sosa type. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. It might be made easier to
0: by The fact that Mateus Sosetsu and Frank Barr are playing really well yeah. in midfield in front of that back line right now. Ty Quinn asked, was this Sosetsu's? best match yet and then i add is this the best midfield pairing even if santi is healthy Mm. i I do kind of wonder at this point because i've been really impressed by their positioning their understandings of each other and i've been impressed by franco barra's ability to recognize pressing triggers he did this well against cf montreal he disrupted build up a lot uh, so Satsu improves and continues to play the ball forward more often and, and be positioned well. And bar provides that cover. I really started to wonder if Santi, with his kind of stuck in the mud running style, is really the best option, even if he might be a better ball player than Franco Ibarra.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, I think of Franco Ibarra, he keeps on impressing me with the way he moves the ball, yeah, too. Totally. Abarrake is impressing me in like pretty much every aspect of his game, and I think that you know it was funny when these two players were signed to Football that scouting notebook that I referenced. This was like two years ago, but he said he thought that Franco Ibarra was the better player between the two, and I think that like that (laughs) was like shocking everybody because Santiago Sosa was kind of the more well-known player or the one that was least getting touted more by the front office. Cause the Franco Abara one kind of went under the radar um, during that whole period of signings. And I, I tend to agree with them now and just having seen them. And I think it's been a while since we've really seen Franco Abara kind of get a run of games, being fully fit and all that. And I'm just so impressed with him, his passing again, go back and watch that. I think it was the third, the, yeah, it was the third goal that they scored the pass that he makes at Tiago Amada is, is very, very good. And on the second goal, the tackle that he makes, I call it like a skillful tackle where it's like a tackle where you're able to tackle, but also like control the ball and like keep the ball on, on your feet while you're making the tackle mm. instead of just throwing a foot in and the ball goes wherever, you know, Newtonians, the, the Newton's law determines that it goes. Uh, he's <laughs> able to kind of keep it. And um, it's it's exciting to have a, a central midfielder that can do those kinds of things. And to, yeah. by the way, on Rosetto, is this his best match? Maybe, but like he's been playing really, really well these past few matches. Like it's really hard to pick one. Uh, and I think that, you know, we've been talking a lot these last couple of games about how much control over matches Atlanta United has had in their possession. And you look at Mateus Rosetto's ball recovery numbers. And I think that that is one of the huge reasons why he's able to just recover the ball, you know, like a bouncing ball. He's able to bring it down, recycle it. And then what we you mentioned earlier, the passing forward and moving forward aspect of his game is really, really coming along and adds a whole new threat to LA nine's attack.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with all of that. One hundred percent. And it's,
1: let me say it like this. It's, it's just interesting I don't, how I would, all this I would is not break up. I, this, I would not break up this yeah. midfield, how they're playing Why? right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Why would you at this point uh, keep rolling with it? See if you can continue to control games, see how it continues to go against better teams as well uh, yesterday wasn't maybe the the toughest test for that group but they still did well sure right? uh, so we'll see how that continues to go we'll see how you do right now joe patrick in rapid fire logan the show gonna ask if you had to fill out a team with 11 clones of one atlanta player who do you choose there's an obvious choice here and i want to see if you can get it hmm
1: <laughs> i was gonna say franco ibarra <laughs> Because <laughs> maybe it's, we we're just talking about him, but he can like literally do all the things. It seems like, but it seems like that's not who you were thinking of. So let me. There's hear
0: already it. there's already one player who's literally doing all of this anyway. It's Andrew Gutman. Oh, that's true. That's true. Everything that's definitely else, true. Man, his work rate. If you did like a, if you turned him into Red Bulls, but like super Red Bulls. I mean, it would be it'd be direct as hell. But you wouldn't be able to do anything. <laughs> Against that team, it'd be amazing. I'm telling you, it'd be amazing. Ultra
1: marathon runner in five finger shoes. That's Andrew Gutman.
0: <laughs> also, I also found out he's a big hockey guy, which, when you think about it, makes a lot of sense. Totally. Yes, yes McFarland says. <laughs> Looking <laughs> ahead, are the refs as bad as their record, or do they have a CCL hangover? Uh, they are struggling. They were better, way better than their record last year and they're kind of regressing to that and they regressed so far past that that now they're kind of regressing back towards what their actual (laughs) mean is um so matt turner is back and healthy everything is good there it's going to be a tough one it's a pretty big test for atlanta i don't know if it's quite the playoff team test that i've been wondering about but it's going to be close you know if they get this win it might be one of those one wins those wins over a playoff team i've been hoping for
1: when do they lose turner well, it, well is he with them this whole season? Okay, th- like in the. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So
0: it's it's a very short term thing for them. They brought in another guy. They're gonna have to figure it out. It's it's yeah. kind of a mess. Uh, he, it, I mean, it, they it won the show. most. Rapid fire.
1: Because <laughs> it it's hard, it's, hard, it's hard to win. It's hard to be successful and then like come off a successful season. Mm-hmm. Braves well, are showing it now. They At also had
0: the most one goal wins in MLS history, and their underlying numbers suggested that they shouldn't have been hmm. doing that, and no one should literally be doing that, and it was just Matt Turner. So (laughs) Yeah Matt Turner Uh, S. McFarlane (laughs) also asks Given our injuries Do we try to field a competitive team For US Open Cup Like we do in most years Or just punt on this year Give some twos a chance For some MLS level competition Uh, Lane United goes up to Nashville This week I couldn't give a damn I'm gonna be honest I really wanna care about the Open Cup But other than like the silly Like RSL losing to a team That's just called Hailstorm (laughs) Stuff Like (laughs) I don't really care, play whoever in the US Open Cup. I wouldn't risk it at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think they'll play a, a relatively competitive team, but like, they'll probably play like Dom Dwyer instead of Ronaldo Cisneros, but you know Dom still has some good experience in MLS. Um, it'll probably be like a similar team to what we saw against, uh, who would they play in the last round? Chattanooga FC? Yeah, I, I sure, would imagine yeah. something like that. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool, whatever. You have to wake me up when they get to like the last eight or whatever and then i might be interested because it's a trophy and my trophy senses start going i guess off, the point but, yeah. is like
1: this team is like now so <laughs> beleaguered by injuries that like even the de- like you're already using the depth like <laughs> a lot you know so it's like how, <laughs> right. how low can you go
0: <laughs> oh goodness uh s mcfarlane also says assuming wiley isn't hurt do we expect to see more of him at fullback instead of uh, winger uh i don't really see That happening too much. I think we're going to kind of stick with him at winger, but that's that's just kind of my interpretation right now.
1: I think yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the only reason he came in for Gutman in that game was because the team already had a a decent lead. They had a two goal lead at the point where he came in. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think he'll I think he'll play winger most often as a super sub. You know, just to give you that speed up top on the wings
0: we asks, Sam, are you worried about the scientific integrity of the plusometer after yesterday's match? For those who don't know what they're talking about, I do like a th- weekly thing where I rate the watchability of each game in the, the n- newsletter I do for MLS, unlesssucker.comslash newsletters. And I basically gave Atlanta United in Chicago like the lowest possible score I can comfortably do without getting yelled at by my bosses. I was like, this is going to be a terrible game. Chicago only does defense, Atlanta just dribbles into people. And then they put up 30 total shots. So my entire system crumbled this weekend. I'm, I'm reassessing everything to answer the question. Brian Dubb asks, are we cursed? And if yes, what must be done to reverse the curse? Wrong answers only. Please, we must go with Chris McCann to the Claremont Lounge and actually make him have a good time. <laughs> Unlike last time, Chris. World Series champ Nick says, deep breath in, deep breath out. I felt lots of emotions in the supporters section last night with all the goals and the injuries. Too much to ask to feel less emotions when watching this team. Also, I love your thoughts on mine slash Joe Spurs holding off Sam's Liverpool smiley face. Yay. Emotions. Joe smiled too when, when he asked that question. <laughs> uh, look, there's always things going on with this team, aren't there? It's never it's never gotten too boring, has it? Which I I guess we should appreciate that for what it is. As far as what Spurs did, speaking of boring what a garbage collection <laughs> of footballing talent and implementation of it yesterday
1: that was Self-right- self-righteous clop giving tottenham <laughs> crap for not playing that was funny
0: i disagree with Klopp if that makes you feel better i thought they they earned that shit yesterday uh as much as it bummed me out atl greg one says you would you rather French, fight I- would you rather fight one seven foot shakiri or two four foot shakiris you almost always want to choose the one of something right because you can see where that thing is in front of you the entire time right if you have two four he's all that's almost already his height what are we doing with four foot (laughs) maybe like two two foot maybe you could talk me into it but if one of those attacks you from the back you're done right
1: a seven foot Shakuri would have the biggest ass in the world.
0: <laughs> Incredible. You need a, a wide load sticker on that thing and a backup. Beeper, all sorts of stuff. All right. That was rapid fire. Joe Patrick, anything else before we get out of here?
1: I have an inappropriate joke in my head, but I'm not going to say it right now. So just thank you to everybody who listens every week. We, we love the questions. We love interacting with you guys. Um, yeah. Through the good times and the bad. Sometimes they happen wait. in the same game. Wait. Uh-oh. Wait.
0: Hold. Word, well, hold. Word around another USMNT here in France is that Marseille are aligned to sell KDF at a cut price should they find a buyer this summer. That's from the super not reputable MLS transfers account. Uh, oh, Conrad De La Fuente would be another USMNT. Hmm. Person that Atlanta uh, could potentially, uh, right, right. Be interested in, in theory. That just gets into the Discord. Right as we were closing, I wanted to check to make sure it was anything interesting. Maybe, maybe we'll see. Lots of stuff to keep in mind as we move towards the, the secondary window in a couple of months. Uh, thank all for listening. That's all I got. That's all Joe has. I think uh, Patreon.com/slash Five Come join the Discord. Come hang out with us. We like to hang out with you guys, and we appreciate you just even listening in general. Anything else?
1: Nope and get out of here. Bye, y'all.
0: Bye. I say that. Bye, y'all.
1: tuning in everyone to this completely arbitrary internet content piece.